What if you bought yourself a little treat as a way to motivate yourself to get a task done? Hmm. Feels like the opposite of rewarding yourself after it's done. Is this a good idea? Let's dig in. (laughs) Hey friend, welcome to the Joy Loving Home Podcast. I'm Joy, wife, mom of four, (laughs) and unorganized professional organizer. I have a heart for ADHD moms and kids. After spending years learning and organizing for other people, I realized there's a real need to turn the concept of being well-planned and organized upside down. It shouldn't be created exclusively by type A naturally organized people as a way to fix you or your home. Organizing, planning, and productivity should fit the way our brains think. Albert Einstein said, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. (laughs) Well, fish, let's quit trying to climb trees while being given tips by well-intentioned monkeys who cannot understand how our brains think. Join me in the water and learn how to swim with the current of your life. It's time to choose unorganized organization and flexible productivity. It's time to choose progress over perfection. I'm in this journey with you, and together, we can choose joy. Today's episode came about because I was out shopping with my daughter yesterday. We were walking through Target in the like home decor section because it is my weakness and I have to walk through every single time. And we came upon these little candles that also had diffuser scents. I like a, a fun scent, but I've never been much of a candle purchaser and she is now just sort of getting into them. So we just started smelling all the different scents and there was one that smelled so good. I said, this would smell really good in a laundry room, but I would never burn a candle in there. <gasps> we should try getting a diffuser. And it was it was 10 bucks. People's threshold of whether that's not inexpensive or expensive or different. So I no no judgment call there, but I was willing to spend 10 bucks to decide to use this diffuser in my laundry room because I just thought it would be so pleasant every time I walked in to smell it. It got me thinking about motivation because the laundry room's been a little rough lately (laughs) and nothing has gotten me going to get it back on track. I thought I am going to make sure before I put this lovely scent in here that I'm going to clean up the The sink is what has gotten piled up around so much. There's always a pile of laundry on the floor, let's face it. But that doesn't bug me as much as when things just get piled up around the sink. And it just, it's been driving me crazy, but I have had zero interest in doing anything to change it. And then I was like, I'm going to challenge myself that I'm not allowed to put this diffuser out until... It looks pretty because it's a cute little diffuser. And I was like, I want to be able to put it in place and feel really good about that space. So then all of a sudden, I just started thinking about treats versus rewards. I was like, well, I already purchased it, but now it's sort of getting me excited to do it. But I'm sort of using it as a reward because I'm not going to put it out until after I get it cleaned up. So anyway, I dug into the the thought of treats versus rewards. And I know, I know y'all feel like it's a broken record, but It's interesting that Gretchen Rubin has written a lot about this, and I'll link a couple of the articles in the show notes. If you are part of my Facebook group, I will also show you before and after pictures of my laundry room. 
so that you can see if, you know, the motivation worked. And uh, spoiler alert, I'm recording this before I'm actually doing it. <laughs> so that's my added accountability of saying I'm going to drop it in the Facebook group. But if you want to see it, ah, this is my uh, accountability to get this done. I am excited to put the diffuser out and I am refusing to let myself do it until after I've straightened up that sink area at the very least. I, if you are not part of the Facebook group and you want to be part of this where I can show visuals and, and we can sort of coordinate back and forth with each other. Because I hate the only thing I do not like about podcasts is there is no immediate feedback. When I have been busy in my Instagram, you have the likes and the responses and things, which by the way, are dopamine hits. And those are really rewarding to an ADHD brain. Podcasting, while I love and you guys give me some feedback, it's never really about a specific episode per se. And I don't see them except for like as reviews later or those of you that have reached out to me on Instagram or those of you that are participating in the Facebook group, those are so rewarding and make me want to keep going. And I think that's part of why I've been so faithful to this podcasting journey. And I will also link a video I just watched. It's an old one, but How to ADHD on YouTube, which I've mentioned before, does an amazing job of just explaining how all of these different things affect our brains. Giving yourself a reward versus a treat she has an actual episode where she talks about if a reward comes too late, her name's Jessica McCabe, by the way, it's not, the ADHD brain doesn't connect that that reward had anything to do with whatever hard work you did to earn it unless it comes immediate. You need this immediate feedback loop. And so this idea of purchasing this treat ahead of time, which only cost me $10, having it sitting there sort of as a reminder of you want to use this, but you can't use this until you clean this back the space up and then putting that immediately in the space versus saying, I'm going to clean this up and then I'm going to go shopping and then I'm going to look for something that's going to work just right for that space. By the time we get it into the space, we don't, we've lost the connection that that reward has anything to do with the work we did to earn that reward, if that makes sense. So anyway, I'm going to cover a couple things here. <laughs> I feel like I've been all over the map and I just looked up and I'm like seven minutes into this podcast. But what I wanted to say is just to break it down, a treat is something we give ourselves with no strings attached. We just were in the mood of a little treat and so therefore we're giving it to ourselves. It's usually something small monetarily. It's a little boost just because we could use it for motivation, hence my description of how this whole podcast started. A reward, on the other hand, is something we give ourselves for a job well done. It takes place after the fact. When it's applied correctly, it can be useful. It can also backfire if we go ahead and give it to ourselves without actually earning the reward. There's actually, in the article that I was reading, Gretchen Rubin outlines five reasons why awards can be sort of very dangerous, particularly if you're trying to use them as a way to form new habits. A lot of times, and I th found this one interesting, is she said a reward will mark a finish line. Like, I finished that, so now I get my reward. And then you're less inclined to continue. So if you were using it as a reward for exercising so many times in a month, and then you go give yourself the reward of a massage, because your muscles are sore and you've been working out, well, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm done. So it's harder to pick back up again in February because you're starting, it feels like starting over even if it's just the next day because you've given yourself reward as like a marker of a finish line. And so that 
can be dangerous. The other interesting thing that she talks about is it allows you to have this opt-out. So if you're like, I don't even like massages that much anyway, that's going to be a lot of trouble to schedule it and then go there. And yeah, if if I don't even really want this reward, why am I exercising? Because then you're taking away the effort to exercise for exercise sake. You know, in our case, when we talk about decluttering and organizing, back to that first one, when there's like a finish line, I may clean my laundry room up. And if I give my reward myself a reward after the fact, then I'm in my brain, I'm telling myself this laundry room's never going to get messy again. <laughs> and that's really dangerous because then we're going to feel let down the next time and we know clothes. I mean, even if you got all the clothes caught up, somebody's wearing clothes today and it's just going to get a mess again. So it was more of a treat to give myself because every time I walk in there, I'm going to enjoy the smell, but I'm attaching it to a task as a way to force myself to do a little work for the treat. I guess I'm kind of turning it into a reward. This is tricky. You see where I'm going with this. But in the opt-out one, I could decide, I don't know, I just don't feel like it today. I don't, I don't care that I'm not opening this diffuser, so I'm not going to clean it up today. And I could keep pushing it out more and more and more. Maybe it would be smarter for me to put the diffuser in, walk in, smell it, and be like, this nice smell doesn't fit this visual my brain has of all this clutter. And maybe that will get me started on cleaning it out. Tricky stuff, rewards versus treats. So anyway, that was interesting. It teaches us that if we do an activity, this is Gretchen Rubin's words, if we do this activity, we'll only do it if a reward is offered. So then it's like, well, every time I get the laundry room caught up, I want to go buy something. And that's that could be dangerous. I don't want to keep buying things because I'm trying to declutter in the first place. <laughs> so that would not be great. The other thing is you could associate the task with like suffering or difficulty so that you're only putting yourself through it to get to a reward. And we need laundry to just sort of be as common as brushing our teeth in that it's not something that we feel punished to do or that we're only suffering through in order to get to rewards. So that's where rewards can be super tricky. And then sometimes, and I kind of alluded to this a second ago, she says, we could choose rewards that are actually sort of self-sabotaging. That's not her word. Hers is we often choose perverse rewards. By that meaning, she's saying like somebody could say, hey, I've lost 10 pounds. I'm going to go have a big piece of chocolate cake. You're, you're setting yourself back on all the good that you've done by choosing something that is in direct opposition of what you were trying to achieve. So if my reward for decluttering my whole house is go purchasing a bunch of new stuff, I've just literally, <laughs> literally self-sabotaged exactly the task that I was trying to do. Her comment is, treats are lovely because you're doing it just because if it ends up creating a sort of motivation around the treat, it allows ourselves to have a little pat on the back that we don't have to earn something. We can, we can celebrate life, have joyful moments through it, recognize that these are nice little breaks from the tasks that we're doing. And if it motivates us to actually do more so that the next time we're relaxing, we can enjoy another treat, so be it. But to hold or dangle this carrot of a reward out to ourselves is where we can get really tricky and dangerous. Thoughts around that? I'd be curious to have a dialogue and I will post a place uh, in our group. And I think I said I was going to tell you how to join the group and then I breezed right over it. If you want to join us in the Facebook group, which is our podcast community, it is bit.ly slash joy loving home community. I would love to have chats about things like this with you. 
and just to see if you have treats that you allow yourself to have that are not really damaging, they're not a problem. For me, my immediate thought is my afternoon coffee. It's not my morning coffee. My morning coffee is sort of part of the chaos of the morning. My afternoon coffee is when I actually give myself permission to sit down and be still and just enjoy the warmth of that mug in my hand. I just, I love that. And to me, that is a a real treat. Immediately, I thought of that. But then when I was purchasing this little diffuser, it made me smile. And I was like, I really enjoy this. The scent is going to be my treat when I walk into the laundry room. But it really is motivating me to want to clean it up in there a little bit so that it feels as pretty as it is in the space. I can't wait to hear if you guys will share some of those with me. Before I jump off, I wanted to share two other things. One is I had intended on the 22nd of every month to pop on and do a sort of how's your 22 for 22 going. And I have missed this. I missed the 22nd of January, guys. (laughs) So this is your friendly reminder to say, hey, how is your 22 for 22 going? And what I did to sort of check in on my 22 for 22 is I showed this in the Facebook group, but I have these little charts, almost like um, vision boards of sorts that I had given myself for my want to do tasks, my have to do tasks, my aspire to do tasks. And then I have my tackled because I was using the acronym what WHAT. I went through and I was like, well, let me just see where I'm going with this. Well, for those of you that have ever peeked into bullet journaling, which I talk about in an episode whose number I forget, but we'll also link in the show notes. There is a little bit of um, shorthand, I guess, that bullet journalists give themselves. You know, you could check off when you complete a task, but there's this little squiggly line. I'm sure it has a proper name, but there's like a little, it's like a squiggly line (laughs) that you put in front of a task that's in progress. And I just started using that back when I started bullet journaling. So I went through and I put squiggly lines on anything I've actually started because I wanted to give myself credit for like, hey, you've actually put part of this task in progress. And that's helpful because, you know, I have all year to complete these 22 tasks. And then I went through and I just gave myself a big star and a check next to anything that I actually completed. Anything that I haven't touched yet, I just have left blank. Well, it was really fun to see. I have more things in progress than I thought. And I've actually knocked out at least one thing. Now you might say, okay, Joy, if you're doing 22 things, you might have to do two in a month in order to keep up the pace. But that's the beauty of the 22 and 22. You could do five things in one month and like nothing in another month. It does make me say, is there anything else I can knock out this month? So I feel like I'm kind of on pace. Again, no pressure. It's just kind of a good way to motivate myself. But one of the things that I had talked about was moving the TV from the keeping room into the living room. Pretty quickly after I recorded that podcast, I actually called the electrician, got on his schedule and said, this is what I would love to have done. Well, that happened last week. He came and he moved the TV and it looks so nice. And as part of the moving the TV, I had to clear out some cabinets so he could put the equipment under one. And then I rearranged some furniture. And so it feels like a whole new space. It's like, it's all our same furniture. (laughs) I just moved it around. So it's more centered for the TV in the new space. But gosh, it was exciting. And I, and I was looking down, I was like, hey, I get to check off that I had moved 
the TV to the living room. So that was just kind of fun. So anyway, I am also going to put a separate post in the group about, hey, 22 for 22, how you doing? And I plan to re-bump this. Guys, I don't know. Uh, Every time I talk about my Facebook group, I know you guys know I'm brand new at that. But I think there's a way for me to sort of like revisit it to the top every time I want us to talk about it again. So on the 22nd of every month, my goal is to re-bump and re-talk about how's your 22 for 22 going. So I just wanted to mention it here since I didn't do a separate podcast about it. I'm going to mark it on my calendar so that on the 22nd of February, I show up and get you guys behind that. So if you've not looked at yours yet and you want to have at least one or two done before February 22nd hits, see if there's anything you can at least make the phone call for. If it's something you need somebody else to have help to make it happen. Okay, so there was that. And then the other thing Next, this is episode 49. So on the very next episode, which is episode 50, which feels sort of big and monumentous, I am going to announce the three winners of the virtual organizing sessions because I have made you guys wait so long and now I'm going to make you wait longer because it feels like it would be a fun thing to talk about on the 50th episode. So stay tuned and until next time, choose joy. Did we just connect? Do you feel at home here? Oh gosh, then please do me a favor. I'd love to have you here for the next episode. And to do that, you need to follow or subscribe or hit the little plus button, whatever it takes to be here next time I drop an episode. And while you're at it, if you could scroll down and find where people rate and review the podcast, and if you would add your thoughts, it would mean the world to me. First of all, it would help other moms like us find me and they wouldn't have to feel so alone but I actually just like hearing from you. It means a lot to know your thoughts and so that I can keep doing a a good job and having episodes that mean something to you. So connect with me. DM me on Instagram. I'm at joylovinghome. Or you can email me, joy at joylovinghome.com or join my community. It's bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember... Keep choosing joy.